1: Say It Loud Podcast Network, where Black and Brown voices truly matter. Hello, 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 everyone. We are back by popular demands. Alon and I are back and we are better than ever. This weekend, we announced a major announcement. And Alon, do you want to expound?
2: Yes. We signed to a network, Say It Loud, which promotes and highlights Black voices, Black experiences, Black stories. So I feel like this is just the kind of network that we needed to be on i feel like there's no better alignment than this type of network
1: and so tell the people how we um was able to sign with say allowed network or how we grabbed their attention
2: we grab their attention just from my art alone. For those who know from the recovery episode, I used to work at a radio station. This is just a business venture that he's been doing and he's like a serious radio head. He's been in the radio business for like probably 20 plus years. Yeah, so he saw our art from just me posting like that first time when me and Nativa first made the announcement that we were doing a podcast. And he was just like, Alon, this is very cool. And from that moment, I knew that you know, there were going to be eyes on us to see what our content was going to be like, what our show was going to be like, what we're going to be talking about. And I told Ativa from the very beginning, I was like, Atiba, like, people are watching. From there, it, it was kind of like, you know, he told me exactly what he's trying to do, any feedback on what we needed to know. And from there, it was really from the jump, like, a great experience. And I'm so thankful. Yeah,
1: this is all so new to me. And being that it's so new to me, it just... Resonates deeper with me um, because I just felt like, wow, this was just an idea that Alana and I had. And we talked about it for, I don't know how long. Like as two in- years. I was going to say, yep, like two years. And so just to see it develop Flourish. and grow yeah. into what it is now, that's, it's crazy. And, and and we're just only getting started, and right? you know
2: what, Ativa? is so crazy because I had like my psychic advisor, she gave me a reading. And I believe I told you about this. She was like, you're about to start something, but it's just a matter of like setting everything up. And then once you start it, things are just going to start throwing themselves at you. Like you're just going to start growing and and I believe this is what she meant um she was like you need to set up your social media you need to set up the accounts and all these things and then from there like you don't have to worry about anything it's just going to come to you
1: well, you know, I need to talk to her to see what she sees.
2: Oh, I got you,
1: <laughs> okay, cool, So that's what we where we are now in that process to being signed to the network. It took about two months, but let me tell you guys this: the importance of keeping things confidential until it is confirmed until your signature is signed is so important because I think sometimes some people are so quick and hasty to say, oh, this is happening. This is happening. And then nothing happens. Right. And so I think that's one good thing about Alana. And I I know for myself, I do not like making announcements on anything until it's confirmed. I think I even said that last episode that if I was to get engaged, no one would know until I'm actually married. So you did. Yeah. Yeah. And and once again, Alon, thank you. Alon actually made the artwork. That's all his creative. I don't know what the child, we would have had a title. You were shooking. Uh, yeah, were I was. Shooken. You was
2: like, Alan, I did not know you was this talented. Yeah. Uh,
1: Cause I was <laughs> expecting damn near some words, a whole move with some pretty colors and some shit. You know what I'm yeah. saying? So <laughs> no, you did that. So shout outs to you, Alan. But bitch, no,
2: thank you. How
1: was your fourth, bitch? Because you know, we don't really celebrate the fourth Ooh, anymore. No, it's I all about don't Really?
2: Tea. I think Trump Ooh. fucked it up for me. I'm not patriotic. Like Anymore, like he really sucked what left I had of patriotism in Mm. me like i don't care about any american holiday i do not consider myself american i'm just black out here hello i celebrated the fourth with a friend i went over to her house and we had crab dip we had spinach dip Mm. i made my pasta that i told you about and my salmon um because that was by her request because i cooked it for her before
1: that's so good um funny enough the fourth for me baby Oh, Ativa was living la vida loca. Y'all, I got I got white girl waste
0: baby.
1: <laughs> yeah. I got white girl wasted. Let me tell y'all something. Person who always
2: oh my God. I don't know if I'ma make it <laughs> <laughs> I watched that video probably like 10 times and I was dying every time. (laughs) I'm like, but it was the video before that. (laughs) I knew your eyes eyes were done. It was was your eyes. It was your eyes for me.
1: (laughs) Yo. So y'all, my friend from all the way from the sixth grade, we go back to the sixth grade. She made liquor, um, jungle juice, and she had it in like the little pack, the little pouches and she had the blue, the yellow, whatever, those different colors. And, and everybody, know, Ativa is not a drinker. And I always say that, but for someone who's not a drinker, bitch, I sure get toe up. She was like, no, get the blue one. I'm getting the blue one. That shit was so fucking strong. It took me about an an, an honest six hours to finish one little pouch because it was so strong. I was up here putting water in there. I was putting lemonade in it. I was just trying to water it down and so at first I felt real real nice I said oh okay I'm feeling it so I stopped drinking about three hours later y'all I kid y'all not I had another wave of intoxication <laughs> and I did not drink after that first time bitch that shit hit me like a ton of bricks and I didn't know what the fuck happened to me I swear to god and they had to drive me home and they woke me up to my apartment <laughs> and that's how you know you got good friends so they make sure your ass get inside of that apartment okay? no
2: cause in the video I heard you and 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 the girl was saying like No, we gotta go, and you was like, "I'm not gonna make it." (laughs) (laughs) Ah! Where were you? Where were you?
1: I was on Bedford Avenue in Best Star, right, right down the block, bitch. Okay, I was on Bedford, but it was her. It was actually her mother was celebrating her birthday. We had a good time. I had a good time. Good music. Let me tell you something. The key to a successful party: good music, good food, good liquor, and good fucking vibes, and you are good to Mm -hmm. go. Okay. absolutely
2: we yeah today a good I know you asked me earlier you asked me um what I had to do today so today my neighbor's mom's birthday and what she wanted to do for her birthday today she wanted to feed the homeless mm. and so as we know from working at gap and then also like being in that midtown area 34th mm-hmm. Street is really a homeless hot spot. So she wanted to go to Penn Station and pass out food, snacks. She literally cooked this food this morning. She came knocking on my door around 8 o'clock this morning, told me to turn on my oven to heat up some chicken that she had because her oven was all the way full. We were literally packing stuff up into go plastic containers, rice and peas, chicken, salmon, veggies, and putting Pudding, crackers, um, fruit cups, juice, water, all in like this um, little goodie bag. And then she also has shirts and fresh socks for them. She had her cupcakes in like individual little boxes and put them in another goodie bag. So she had two goodie bags to give them. And we were passing them out to every homeless person. How oh, my heart. I'm about to start station.
1: crying. I'm about mm-hmm. to start crying because
2: that's what she wanted for her birthday. She and she did, it was like 60 plus bags we did this morning.
1: She, you, and her daughter are going to receive an abundance. And once again, guys, one of my mantras that I live by is that the energy that you put out into the universe will come back to you. And for you guys to do that, and it was her birthday. Oh, she's going to be she's going to be receiving not yeah. just materialistic ways, but she is going to re- be receiving in an abundance. And shout out yeah. to her. That is so beautiful.
2: Absolutely. You know She's I, the I most beautiful person. She's mm. the most beautiful person you could ever meet. And I think you know this year. If I've ever learned anything, if I've ever say I've been blessed with something is actually engaging with my neighbor and meeting them because oh, yeah. I went through a lot of shit this pandemic. And they helped me through a lot of dark times just by going over there, talking. We cried together. We prayed together. We did Passover together. And bitch, I ain't even Jewish. It was like a transformative <laughs> experience. And I think it's all due to her. And I just, you know, I just really want to be a blessing. That's really what I live for. I just want to be a blessing to others, you know? And
1: so what was the reaction like to the homeless when you guys were giving out the the plate of food? With some indifferent, with some thankful.
2: No, everybody received it and it was well received. She had told me a story once we were done because we we got done maybe like an hour and a half. Ain't that crazy? That's sad. 60 bags. 60 bags within an hour and a half. Crazy. Just in one location. She said it was one man. He looked very spaced out. He would not move. And she was like backing up because the security guards let her you know, keep her car there and put it on safety, you know, because she already explained that that's what she wanted to do. So he was the first person that we gave something to because she was by her car the entire time. So she didn't get a ticket. He asked for like three bags of food and he ate every last one. He skipped the fork and the the spoons and shit. He ate with his whole hand and was tearing that shit up. And I mind you, when I say three servings of all of what we had in that bag, He didn't even care about the shirt and the socks. So she gave him like three and she was like, listen, we're here to feed more people. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, so she kind of kind of had to let him know, like, you know, we're trying to share this. This isn't just for one person. She was just so full just from that one person being by her.
1: That's so beautiful. Um, Before we continue on, I also want to take this time to draw some attention to a show. Do you know the show called The Grapevine? The show called The Grapevine on YouTube, um, hosted and created by Ashley Okuna, it's basically... They have a table talk discussion about certain topics with a lot of Black millennials and professionals and, you know, other race, races and ethnicities, whatever. I was watching this show for like the past three years. I kind of stopped watching after a while, but there was this young lady on the show named Aisha. She had this big, beautiful hair. And every time Aisha spoke, everyone shut up because every time she spoke, she was intentional. She was so very articulate. And she made her point. She always just stuck out to me. Because I was like, that is mother on the show. When Aisha talk, everyone just sits down and be quiet. Yeah. Just so elegant and so regal. And I was scrolling today because I follow another castmate named Donovan. And I saw he had her picture up. And I'm thinking it's her birthday. And I just happened to read the caption. And he mentioned that she was gone. And never met the young lady, but met her through TV. It felt just so connected. And that just really shook me to my core because for her energy to come through my TV screen or my cell phone screen, just transfer like that, I could only imagine how she was in person. And everybody, every comment that I've seen today, every post, everybody said the same thing, how powerful she was. And... I feel like I want to cry. I don't even know her, but it's just, just, it's just so sad to see yeah. someone like that just go so young. And so no, I just if wanted, we
2: don't even know what happened yet.
1: The world doesn't even know who they lost today. And that's what I'm saying. For those of us who watch, we know who who we lost. I just, I'm just so hurt by it. And you know, it hasn't yeah. hit you yet. You know, something hasn't hit you until it hit you one day. and You yeah, just like you
2: haven't really. It hasn't set in because the first stage of grief is denial. You know?
1: Yeah.
2: And and literally once I said it, because I think my neighbor knew before, but once I said it because I saw your post and I didn't know who she was, but she looked very familiar to me. It really fucked my neighbor up. Like she was just like, Let's let's get another drink.
1: Yeah. And mind you, I knew since this morning. Yeah. And so it took me a minute to like really just get myself together. And I just kept seeing more of it. And I feel like that picture was just so beautiful. I don't know let's move on before I start crying because this is so sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: All right, let's move on. Yeah, who knows what could happen and what did happen. Um, yeah. And I feel like people are probably on their pins and needles because she was so young. We connect to her. Yeah. And so It's just it's going to break our hearts even more once we find out the real reason as to why she left, because we will still connect.
1: Yeah. And one thing Mouse also said in the video, I'm going to say this last thing and we can move on. But he said this is why it's so important to give people their flowers. This is why it's so important to let people know that you care about them. And also, if you have a petty beef, it's not that deep. Yeah, it's not that deep. If someone didn't kill you, murder you or steal from you, a lot of you well, depends. It doesn't make sense to hold on to anything. Just let it go. Oh, Lord Jesus. Rest in paradise to the beautiful Aisha.
2: Not to say that we're on that subject, but this is very much tied to our topic at hand to kind of better our last situation that was so sad and such a um, heartfelt thing. A way to find an out to the dark tunnel and to see the light at the end. So, sharing ways how to cope better with triggering situations so how would you say right now uh practices where you become better
1: what do you mean i'm sorry so
2: i know for me ways that i know how To make myself better, I journal. Music is always therapeutic for me. That played a major role into the lockdown and the pandemic because it took away my ability to commute and listen to music. Because as I'm commuting, I'm walking and I'm listening to music. Walking is also a way for me to kind of deal with stressful situations or triggering situations or things that bother me. I love a good walk. Um... And then also, if I'm really upset, I take a nap. That if I'm upset, I'll take a good old nap, and then I'll just wake up and I'll feel a little refreshed.
1: Touche. For me, y'all, y'all know I'm a fat ass baby. I will get me a plate of food, and I my therapy. <laughs> my therapy is over a plate of food, and I know that's so bad. I'm so codependent. dependent. What comfort why food for you? I, oh my god, everything. Everything okay. that has sodium. Everything that can do. <laughs> everything that contains sodium and sugar my go-to is macaroni and cheese heavy food i'm not a fast food kind of girl i'm always a heavy Mm. food kind of girl i believe that i'm going into this new phase of therapy i just reached out to a therapist today
2: amen go ahead ativa Mm
1: -hmm. thank you so proud thank you yeah i am going into therapy because for so long, you can't convince yourself that your problems aren't that big or that your problems really aren't affecting you and how you're mm-hmm. moving and navigating in the world. But it is. And also, too, I take a bath, taking a mm. bath for me, sitting my ass out in the tub in warm water is so therapeutic and I feel like there's no issue in the world. I am relaxed. Mm -hmm. I just feel so, so, so good. So taking a bath helps me. And listening to gospel. I'm trying to get back into reading the Bible. I'm trying to get there.
2: So how do we unwind from anything that may trigger us or anything that, like, daily stressors?
1: Um, I just sit my ass down on the couch. And it's sad because I don't think that people under the age of 30 really have a specific way to unwind. Like, how do you unwind?
2: I think you're right. I think once I get home, it is kind of like a sit-down. Because it's like, I think especially being up here in New York, we on our feet like almost 85% of the day. It's hustle and bustle. Right. The moment when you actually sit your ass down, you immediately like just <laughs> unwind. Yeah. Just, you know.
1: Right. It's like, yeah. a, a, it's like a relief. And just to, and just sit there. Sit in that shit. As Ayala yeah. says, sit Absolutely. in it. Right? Absolutely. So just sit in it.
2: But also, I'm an avid tea drinker. Tea is so... Soothing and so peaceful for me.
1: Oh, um, I don't really think our generation really have effective ways to unwind because we're always looking for the next or doing the next or on social media and keeping our brains going. That's so true.
2: That is so true. I think we are never really present and check in with ourselves because we're constantly Can I
1: talk about that for a second? Go ahead. The satisfaction, right? And and so I don't know if you realize, but I really never post pictures of myself on my Instagram like that, right?
2: Uh, Hello. Look who you're talking to. I rarely ever post.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. And so, so yesterday, y'all, you know, I posted some pictures of myself and immediately... I was addicted. How many likes am I getting? How fast are they coming in? Really? And and this is, I've never been like that. And I was Mm -hmm. just like, oh my God, I had to catch myself for a minute. Like, hold the fuck up. This attention seeking and the endorphins that is released when we get like that satisfying feeling of people liking your picture. It's dangerous.
2: Yeah. I can't relate to that. I don't get caught up in likes.
1: Yeah. I I normally don't ever. I swear to God, I really don't ever. But yesterday, I really had to check myself. And once again, because our brain is constantly revolving around instant gratification and what's next, and we don't get a chance to um, just reflect.
2: The lockdown is really what caused me to explore therapy because experiencing losing my job and then experiencing the decline of my dad and then experiencing just absolute solitude, you know, so many other life-changing things. It was very hard to check in with myself because the more that I did that, the more I would begin to soak and feel sorry for myself because of the negative things that have happened throughout this entire time. And so I knew from that point on, I was like, I need to talk to somebody. How can you go and talk to a friend or confide in someone when they too could be going through their own personal things. So it wasn't even like a season where you could talk to somebody because everybody was going through their own version of strife. So that's when I knew I had to talk to a therapist because there was nobody else that I could go to, you know, and unpack. Yeah. So what made you go to therapy?
1: Okay. So my friend, she's always saying that I need to go to therapy because she knows some of my struggles whatever the case may be and so she has a friend who's a therapist she gave me the friend information like maybe a month ago and I, and I never of course used it so she kept on holding me accountable like ativa did you hit up so-and-so and i kept saying no i'm gonna do it. i'm gonna do it. i'm gonna do it and it's it's interesting because i think i'm gonna go in with my guard up i don't know why i just feel like what can you what there, can you help awkward. me out with
2: yeah but Therapy is awkward for me, especially because I'm so self-sufficient. And I think that's another piece that I need to work on for myself because it is so hard for me to guide someone on how to show up for me. I just draw a blank every time. And so therapy sessions are really awkward for me because I feel like I'm paying somebody to talk to me.
1: Mm. But you know what? This pandemic has taught me that as human beings, we all need each other. So going to therapy is a necessity. I think for Black people too. Generational mm. trauma, everything. It's just a necessity for us to do. So I support everyone. Go to, a, go to therapy, get a therapist, find a right therapist. Black people, Female therapists are in demand right now.
2: I would love one. Yeah.
1: Oh, she's not a black. Is she? Uh, is he or she black? Mm-mm. Asian.
2: No, but honestly, the experience isn't that bad. It, it isn't that bad, and it's kind of crazy because she's remote, so she's like in Pensacola, which is like my neck of the woods, like in Mobile, like not too far from Mobile. So Pepsi she,
1: Cola. I heard Pepsi Cola. Yeah.
2: Pensacola. Oh, Florida. okay. Take a geography lesson, girl.
1: girl yeah, geography ain't my thing. <laughs> Listen, I know the five boroughs. you from New, New I York.
2: Said. I swear to God. Yeah, New Yorkers are like that, though. Y'all don't know shit outside of New York. Y'all be thinking that the world revolves around New York.
1: Because it does. But um, but how is that? Because my friend, heart therapist is actually Caucasian as well. So how is that? Mm-hmm. And she's, she has a pretty good experience with it.
2: I, I always felt like I needed somebody black, but I forgot the exact quote what somebody said. They said, Long as they're coming to you in a place of love or something like that, and not in a place of like understanding your hurt or something like that. I don't know. Somebody said that's probably true. Refute that. And so far, like I feel like it's just a matter of her holding me accountable to certain goals that I placed on myself, like being present in the moment. I feel like I'm always worried about what I don't have and what I need and what I feel like I need and what comes next that I don't actually embrace and appreciate what I have right now. And that's Mm -hmm. always a problem for me. I think another thing is like grief is a big one for me. And that, like what I told y'all in my previous situation, I became a really bad person through my previous relationship because I didn't realize how much I was still grieving from how many people I've lost. Going through that, you realize you don't want to go back and you don't want to deal with that situation ever again. I'm a type of person, like I don't make the same mistake twice.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. That's
2: so real. I, you know what I'm saying? I wish so, I could
1: say the same thing.
2: Yeah, I, I, I know for sure. Like once I go through something once, like I really try to check myself and say, hey, what can I learn from this situation so I don't do this shit again?
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In regards to your mental health, where do you stand today? What is your mental fitness scale one to ten?
2: Mm, I feel like I'm at a six to be quite honest. Today? Like barely passing. Yes. Okay. Barely passing, but passing. I'm not going to even lie to you.
1: Would you like to go?
2: Sure. I'll expound. It's a plethora of things. I'm one of those people like, I don't care about living under unemployment. I want a job and I want it now. Some people want to sit on their ass and collect this check. I'm tired of this shit because this shit has an expiration date. Give me a job now. Job me, please. With that said, me interviewing like all the while through this lockdown, I'm starting to discover just from like looking around me. You know, everybody was on this whole kick on like hiring black and diversity inclusion initiatives. What I'm starting to discover just a little bit that these diversity inclusion initiatives, the true meaning of that is hire Asian. Wow. Mm-hmm. Asians fit the bill for diversity inclusion. And that is a loophole from hiring black because we, we all know that black people are disenfranchised when it comes to corporate America. Blacks are always discriminated. That's without question. Those are things that we know about the job market in America. And so with this whole diversity inclusion initiative, people are really out here farming Asian last name. And they go and they call these people. And I know for a fact Because I know a Caucasian woman that has an Asian last name and they were it because a white woman showed up on the Zoom screen. And so she ended up getting those same questions that don't mean anything about the job description and what's going on with what they expect from a candidate who's trying to fill this position that I got throughout my experience. And please, I had some rude um, people that interviewed me throughout this whole experience and that could be very discouraging
1: first of all you just open pandora's box with that sorry. with that no i mean that's a whole nother topic for a whole yeah. nother day a whole nother podcast um because because and you know what's so interesting because this whole thing a of person of color is so broad and i said this to somebody else and i'm just like i'm sorry i don't consider let me not sound ignorant on here. But I really don't consider that person of color. I don't because you still can reap the benefits of privilege here in America.
2: Well, we all, and again, there are things we know to be true. Yes, they are people of color. Yes, they are somewhat disenfranchised just like blacks and Hispanics. But here's the thing, and I'll tell it to their face. Asians are the preferred minority.
1: Of course. There's, there's always been a positive connotation behind Asian people. But let me tell you this funny story. So one of my friends, he's a teacher as well. Um, he was telling me how one of their um, teachers, who was actually Asian, I believe possibly Chinese, you know, he was kind of scared of the students he taught, you know, Black boys in high school. And so the principal said, you know, let's create a PD to teach um, teachers who are not black or like Hispanic, you know, how to interact or how to um, relate to, you know, black boys specifically. They created a whole PD really for this teacher. Mind you, that Asian teacher didn't know that the PD was really created for him. The teacher, this Asian teacher gets to the PD and he gets an attitude. He says, I don't know why I'm here. Because I'm a, I'm a person of color. And literally got up and laughed, And I said, you got to be freaking kidding me. And he said, yes, he did. And I said, see, that's the problem. It's used when it's beneficial for them. But we're going to let that go. How is your therapist assisting you with feeling this sense of hopelessness or, or however you may be feeling in regards to these interviews?
2: I think the main job of a therapist is to instill confidence in you. And I think because I am a confident person, that is an area of life where I am insecure in my professional career. Because I feel like, because of my previous experiences, which I talked about in the recovery episode, I feel like it stunted my professional growth based on the bosses that I've had. I know my skill set and I know what I'm able to bring to the table, but it's just, I feel like often of times, like I don't trust my higher up to be a reference to me. So it's like I walk mm. away with nothing every time. I would just love to have a superior that I could trust, that I could depend on moving forward, that I could grow from and learn from. My therapist really tries to instill in me to understand like, Alon, you should really embrace this time and this season right now mm. because what you're doing right now, you you develop the whole podcast. Yeah. You do all the creatives. You edit everything. This alone is skill sets that you can't take that for granted. And the fact that you're not sitting on your ass and scratching your behind, and you actually doing something productive, that says a lot to somebody who's trying to hire you. And I'll say there are plenty of other people as well that say, Alon, you come from a non-metropolitan suburban area with a background of a rural area as well. You know the walk and the life of people who live in these certain type of areas, and you moved to a major city. More than like 70% of the people that live in these corporate spaces, they are from New York City, and they don't know other lifestyle than New York York City, that doesn't really make them a marketable candidate as a person that knows the mm-hmm. walk of a suburban town, that knows the walk of a rural town, that knows how these people think. You have an experience that is marketable to get a job and people want you.
1: Yeah. Do you believe that?
2: To be quite honest, I really do. But I believe I'm so slept on because of my experience. I um, mean, I really think it's just the, you know, the, the life in the walk of a black man trying to make it happen for himself
1: a year from now you are going to listen back to these podcasts where you are explaining your frustrations and you're going to be in a whole different setting a i'm whole just different waiting mind-set. on that episode when
2: i tell you i have a job and i'm best I crying again <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's gonna happen it's only right. It's in the universe and the universe is going to repay you for all of the good of all of the hard work and all of the hunger that you have. I swear. And I, and I hope you receive it on some real shit.
2: Amen. Thank you.
1: You know what I'm saying? But once again, this is why I am black men's biggest supporter, because I do understand the privilege that I have as a black woman when it comes to finding a job. Or when it comes to speaking to white people. I am very vocal at work. I am known for saying what I have to say. But I do know that if it was my fellow male, black male, speaking the way I speak, oh baby, out the door. And so I can't empathize because I'm not a black male, but I deeply sympathize. I can only imagine. It's not easy. And and you know what? I don't want people to say it was not really all about race. No, unfortunately, it really is because I'm yeah, going to keep saying that racism it. racism is America's America's founding forefather period this shit is ingrained inside of America's foundation for 500 600 years and we
2: have to do better
1: we have to and we have to call out our implicit biases we have to call them out and we have to call out in others as well and hold others accountable it's just ridiculous I'm sick and tired Job.
2: but yeah but that's what plays a toll to my mental <sighs> oh, health goodness. dealing with that mm-hmm. but I and it's so hard because often I hear people say well you can't really put too much energy in that and I understand that but it's hard to be in a middle ground where we know the realities of what we face but we try to ignore it and place positive energy in things that we want to happen to us. How to be ignorant and then also how to be positive of the obstacles that you face. That is really the challenge.
1: I think my mental fitness today, of course, is I'm thinking it's like an eight, but it's probably subconsciously a five
0: today. Mm. Mm.
1: let's talk about that right because once yeah. again um, us not dealing with or sitting in it whatever mm-hmm. that it Checking is, in. that problem is right mm-hmm. so it's probably really a five today and of course once again my moods are really deeply affected by the weather so however the weather oh, wow. is i feel as but well It was
2: nice today and then it just got drab just and, all as, of a and
1: as it got dreary it, it made me feel even more sad but once again, I'm a person too that that says, Oh, I should have this, or I should be doing this, and I should be doing that, and this and the third. But then I, I get myself I get myself together real quick. My life isn't half as bad as what I know is out there in this world. That's
2: what I know to be true about myself as well. Yeah.
1: So that's why I wake up and I and I'm so thankful and I and I'm a, I get emotional get child. Today I told yeah, it's the death of the young lady I mentioned earlier. And also I received another call. On the fourth, that another young lady that I grew up with actually died in a car accident. She was hit by a drunk driver. Mm. Her and I grew up together. And her and she has an eight-year-old daughter who who was actually spending the summer up here in New York with her with with her grandmother. So and I didn't really deal with that because I was intoxicated. So I heard the news and it kind of took me for a bag and I just kept on moving, right? And so I think everything is just starting to settle in.
2: Yeah. Grief is really hard. I definitely have my stories on grief for sure.
1: Yeah. And I too, so and I really- are you with it now? I'm dealing with it now. Tomorrow it might really, really hit me. That might be really, really, really low. I don't know. I think I'm okay. I don't even know if I really am okay. I don't mm-hmm. know. I don't know. Let me ask you a question. Do you feel guilty for feeling bad for yourself sometimes before you answer? Because I think that's why I'm not really dealing with grief or other things that I might think is an issue because I realize that it could be worse.
2: Yeah, I think that's what takes me out of it is because I realize that it could be worse. Honestly, I don't feel bad because my feelings are genuine and there's always ways where I feel like I can improve. My quality of life would be better due to certain circumstances. And just like what I told you before, like I feel like mentally the frustration that I have right now is because my mind is already at the finish line. I already see myself with a job. I already see myself moved out of this apartment into a better apartment. It's just I don't know the in between. A lot of times when I do start to feel sorry for myself, how I pick myself up is because I really have to truly embrace and check in with myself currently where I am. And be thankful for what I have right now. And that's a hard thing to do because a lot of times we do want to feel sorry for ourselves. And we really do want to highlight things that we don't have. You know what I'm saying? We we always, you know, could think of a million things of what we don't have right now.
1: Yeah, I don't think I'm okay today. Mm -hmm. Just trying to breathe through it. Just trying to breathe through it. And I also realized that, I think, for me, as I get older, grief you grieve differently. You do. I think when when you're young and you grieve because it's sad, you're going to miss the person. When you get older, it's a whole different feeling. It's like somebody has literally lost their life or how they have impacted people. You realize that, you know, people play such a big part in your life, you you know. And so, and it's like you grieve because you, you think about how well you appreciate the person. Um and that they're no longer here in physical, it can take a toll.
2: And then it's- also, as far as experiences, dealing with something so sudden, there are, there are feelings that are attached, different from you see someone decline. You really feel robbed. You f- have feelings that that person has so much more to give. But really, it's not our call. And you have to pull yourself even out of that rhetoric just to say what they had to do That was what they were here to do. And now the assignment is done. And that's a hard point to get. But at some point, you have to get there. Because what's equally as dangerous is sitting and staying stagnant in a certain level of grief. That denial phase is not a place you want to stay in.
1: This Once again, this is an episode I came into not thinking it was going to be as heavy.
2: Yeah, me neither. I was trying not to.
1: Or make me realize, (laughs) you know how i'm deeply feeling or you know just acknowledge my feelings and you know and for you as well and i think this this podcast does it and it shows how talking things out is therapeutic and honestly this podcast is is, therapeutic
2: it really is and that's all i ever wanted for the both of us to be honest i wanted to be therapeutic not only for us but for the people that's listening talking to people helps in the grieving process that's for sure but again just like what i said earlier The pandemic really fucked a lot of shit up because the pandemic made it to where talking to somebody, laying it out on somebody just unannounced like that probably won't be the best idea because so many people were impacted going through their own thing. And that is the reason why I decided to pursue therapy because I knew I couldn't go to my friend not knowing what they were going through. So this is a note for anybody. Before you go to your friends, ask them for their consent for their advice or their feedback mm. first. And then see if there's any way you could help them without feeling like, you know, you're one sidedly dumping everything on them. And third, if it's too heavy, seek counsel. Seek counsel. Because your friends, they don't get paid to be your therapist. That's to be quite honest. Keep it light unless they can handle it. And check mm. on your strong friends. That's another note.
1: Yeah, my my friend put that meme inside of her ig stories today check on your strong friends
2: oh please believe i was one of them this yeah. entire year whereas my friends they didn't know what to say to me because they've never seen me in this phase before they had no clue all they could do was just pray on the low and it was like what can you say somebody just lost their job they living in complete question mark every day lost their dad topsy-turvy relationship problems. what do you say to somebody that's life just pounding on them
1: I always honestly say I really don't know what to say. (laughs)
0: Because
1: sometimes there's no amount of words that can comfort you or to take away your feelings of sadness, of hopelessness. Sometimes all you can do is just listen.
2: And sometimes listening could be a lot. And that I can understand. It could be a lot for somebody to just absorb all of that. So it's important for the person that's saying all of these things to really have the self-awareness to say, this may be too much. Maybe I need to talk to somebody certified to listen. Yeah. Should we move on to reflection question?
1: I'm done mentally. <laughs> I and hear Yeah. You. Let's move on to reflection questions.
2: What can my most aggressive judgments of others tell me about myself?
1: Uh, go ahead and answer that. Oh
2: wow! Here you go. So judgment. I guess coming from a judgmental place in general could really tell yourself like maybe you don't really self-reflect because and I think for me what took me out of being a judgy person is to say I'm not exempt from what somebody else is going through and who am I to say how somebody else copes with whatever situation that they are going through we all cope differently <gasps> so when I look at judgy people I look at them in a place of really pity because it, it, it shows that You have no empathy. You have no level of maturity and self-awareness to say, that could easily be me. I don't know if that answers the question, but I don't know.
1: There is a deeper issue within myself as Mm. to why I'm being so aggressively harsh. Mm. Right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is some like unfinished business. That I have
2: to do with myself.
1: Because if you ever think about it, have you ever asked somebody, like, well, why are you going in so much? What is it doing to you? Like, are you triggered? So
2: I've been in that situation before, yeah.
1: Yeah, it's like, well, goddamn, bitch. You know? So that's what um, that can reveal to me, definitely.
2: If I could meet the best possible version of myself in an alternate reality, what would that person be like?
1: Oh my God. You make me start crying. Oh, this is therapy. I can't do this today. I really can't. You got it. Oh, god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I cannot do this today, girl. It um, happened to me. <sighs> so, um, if I was to meet myself. A perfect person, a perfect version of myself, someone who, who truly loves unconditionally and not just says it. I need a therapist for this one. So this one is like, I'm not even ready to go there yet. And that's and for a TV to say that that's a big deal. You can you can go ahead. You go ahead.
2: Um, A person who trusts because that's what broke me down last episode. You know, you guys, I could sit here all day and tell my story, but trust is really hard for me somebody who wasn't raised by their mom and dad somebody who never had a male figure in their life for real for real like that somebody who felt like they raised they damn self somebody who was constantly taken advantage of throughout their adult and childhood experience somebody who was bullied somebody who was labeled all the time how can that one person trust for real you tell me so the best version of myself would find a way to truly trust in some way in some level i feel like the best version of myself would teach a person who was once in my situation and be able to help them in any capacity that I could. What would it take to release my anger? With whom do I need to make amends?
1: You know, I really need to make amends with the young lady who I felt betrayed me in our friendship. Not the one from college, but the other young lady. You said last week or the week before that you hold grudges. I'm not a person that holds grudges. But in this instance, I have held a grudge on this person because of their inability to take accountability and to apologize. And when someone refuses to see their wrong, and I would not forgive you, I will begin to resent you, you know, it just builds. And so to release my anger, it it has to deal with a person who refuses to acknowledge their wrong in any situation.
2: So for me... I guess this is a great way to kind of cap last episode and to create resolution, right? I feel like for me, when it comes to releasing anger, time heals for me. Because in due time, I do become more lax about it. I am one of those people like the next day, I'm really not too pressed about what I was pressed about the day before even though I do hold a grudge, but I think the, the grudge holding is personal and it's a defense mechanism because I'm like, this person did hurt me. So I don't want to go back there again in fear of being hurt again. However, the hurt alone is something that I've already got past. Ain't that crazy?
1: Yeah. Um, no, I get it though. Yeah. I get it.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, so with anger, if I'm ever in a place of anger, which is very rare, time will have to heal. I think, with whom do I need to make amends? I think it would be my ex a lot of time, and then also just in my mindset, even now, thinking about it, it's like we actually do better being amicable than not talking at all, and I feel like far down the line i I do see a friendship
1: no, that's beautiful.
2: I do see a platonic friendship, it's the anger, it's the hurt that I will literally have to get over just like what you said and it's all due to a lack of accountability and it's like selfishness if you ask me but i think layered with that with time i would also have to be convinced that there's growth
1: come on somebody
2: what anonymous acts of kindness could i integrate into my daily life
1: um i would definitely love to just do like you guys did today just feeding the homeless i just want to help people any way that i can
2: yeah i think for me i'm i always try to be a blessing for everybody it doesn't matter who it is just last week i got my friend's keys for her apartment because she's still in la right now and i went all the way from jersey city to queens to go pick up her key
1: you sure did
2: stuff like that if somebody asked me to do something it's either i'm available or i'm not and if i am available please believe i will do it i'm there that's just who I am. What would it take to become the hero I've spent my life waiting for?
1: A lot of therapy, life experiences, coming through those life experiences.
2: I think for me, opportunity. Mm. Coming from yeah. a place of my mom don't know shit about going to college and getting a job in this day and age, in this digital world, nor my dad. None of them knew anything about how to progress in this day and age and advancing beyond a high school diploma. Not only because they were absent, but also because they didn't have that know-how. Who was I to go to being who I am right now in this current moment? So that alone is a blessing. I'm going to just say that. But as far as being my own hero, because I've always prayed, I said, Alon, you need a mentor. And people always say, your mentor should be somebody who you would love to switch lives with. And in Mobile, I didn't find that. Here in New York, felt like it. I'm constantly detouring to get where I really want to go. Even with that, it's like, once I meet that person, would they see it in me to mold me? And it's just by the grace of God that I am the way that I am, because I don't have a figure or a mold to follow through.
1: And I think you're doing a great job. And I don't know if you give yourself as much credit as you should. Thank you. And so what? Unemployed? Please. How, how many? Look! Look how! Look how I dumbed that down, right? Please. <laughs> like, but no. You think about it. Like, everybody's been unemployed. I was unemployed for a year and a half too. Like, you know what I'm saying? You be. Boy, everybody has been there on this earth, from the richest to the poorest.
2: At the end of my life, when I look back on all of what I've done, what will stand out as having been important? What would I wish I had cared less about?
1: Oh, wow. I think I would care less about (laughs) the idea of success or how you would attain success. But success is just not a job or your accomplishments when it comes to an occupation. I would care less about satisfying people and men. That's why I'm auntie queenism because I've been, I'm telling these young
0: girls,
1: (laughs) telling these young girls behind me, sis, and young men, fuck everybody and their opinions and their expectations of you. If you believe in God, you need to be thinking about how is he viewing you? What is his expectations of you? How you can become a better person for thyself and how you can contribute to society. What can you do to constantly be service of others, of helping other people, right? Not satisfying other people, but genuinely helping other people. So when I look back on my life, that's what I want to say.
2: What would be important to me is that I was just an inspiration to so many. Mm. I want my life to be an entire inspiration to somebody. And what I wish I had cared less about, by fault, I'm a people pleaser. I am.
1: I think that's a lot. I think that's most a lot of people on Earth. We are more people pleasers than what people don't give
2: a fuck though.
1: You're right. No, there are people out here who are just self-serving. Yeah, (laughs) they don't give a fuck. And I'm like, wow, that's a talent (laughs) that I have not mastered. Absolutely, and
2: I admire it to be quite honest.
1: Yeah, they get theirs. Now I'm probably judging them about how selfish and how they, um, (laughs) (laughs) as a
2: Libra, of course,
1: inconsiderate of other people i'm not judgmental
2: no i'm just saying as a libra when it comes to selfishness arrogance and stuff like that you tend to find a balance and say that shit ain't right
1: no guys we need therapy (laughs) um this episode was a hard episode to get through i don't even know i know therapy
2: sessions tomorrow actually
1: Wow. Let us know how that go when we come back. But as we do this podcast, y'all, we're working through things. And we're discovering things about ourselves. And so, you know, I hope you guys are doing the same. Constantly Reflect. And we'll be back next week. I am Ativa,
2: And I'm Alon.
1: And we are going to bed.
2: Peace. (laughs)
1: Say It Loud Podcast Network, where black and brown voices truly matter.
0: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues.